Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Conan Esla. I'm here today with Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. And Carlos Gomez. Hola. Hola, hola. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Yeah, sure. So, as usually, we are discussing a very recent paper. It has been published this year in Scientific Reports. The title of the paper is of the Olympic Marathon under Climate and Socioeconomic Change. The paper has five researchers, so Takahiro Yama from University of Tokyo and Takakura Fuji Nakajima and Yoshida from the National Institute for Environmental Studies in Japan. And I mean, I really like the paper. It's very nice. It's very, I mean, it's a hot topic. It's timely research. And I really think that the audience would like it. Yeah, I hope so as well. Tadeo, thank you for the introduction. This time I chose the paper. We always discuss this a little bit and I chose this paper because I really like the title. So they're focusing here on the feasibility of the Olympic marathon under climatic and socioeconomic change. And I think that's interesting because many researchers focus on economic changes that maybe there are countries or cities that would like to host them Olympic Games because of economic incentives. But in this paper, they say, you know what? We focus on something different. And this is a hot topic and still interesting. And they make a very strong case for why their research is important. So they say, you know what? There have been other cases. So they say, we had tennis where they had too high temperatures at the Australian Open, so they couldn't go on. And then there was marathon runners in 2019. And only 28 out of 68 runners were able to finish the marathon. So, I mean, obviously, if you read these numbers, you see that, yes, there's a case for why they're doing this research. So what they're doing here has real policy implications. And the research question is super straightforward. So what they want to see is if Olympic marathons are going to be possible in the cities in the future, depending on different climatic conditions. So what are those different climatic conditions? What are the methods that they're using here in this paper, Carlos? Thank you very much, Connor, for the introduction. As you said, the research question is straightforward, but the method is actually pretty complex. This is something difficult to measure. I will try to explain everything that they do without too much details. And please, if you have any comment while I'm explaining all this, because it might take a while, Yes, go ahead and interrupt me. So what they're actually trying to do is to project these future climate uh, conditions in the different cities. And this projection is based on one specific measure. The measure is called wet bulb globe temperature. And this is a measure of heat stress. This includes things like how high the temperature is, how high the humidity is. So they calculate this measure. And what the authors want to do, they want to analyze this measure and the four different climate scenarios. And by the way, they don't use this measure because they want to. They use this parameter because it's actually used by the International Institute for Running Medicine and by the American College of Sports Medicine as a gold standard two-minute marathon event. Carlos, I think it's super interesting that you're mentioning this and that you mentioned that it's a gold standard because Tadeo and I, we have a paper and we had to learn the hard way that you use this. 
as a gold standard. So we focused on temperature before, but after that, we learned that actually, yeah, it's completely right what you say. If you want to do this kind of research, you have to focus on the wet bulb globe temperature. Exactly. And then they want to see how this parameter is going to evolve over time. The thing with climate change, we actually don't know how it's going to be in the future. They try to predict a little bit these conditions and they use four different scenarios. This is called representative concentration pathway. And this measure is based on a parameter that relies on greenhouse gas concentration and how this is going to evolve in the future actually defines these four different scenarios. There are four labels, so they are called 2.6, 4.5, 6, and 8.5. And the first one, 2.6, is the very optimistic scenario. This means that it will not get a lot worse. And 8.5 is the most pessimistic. This says that it will be pretty hard in the future to live under these conditions. And then what they do uh, in this paper, they choose 70 cities in 25 countries, and they analyze whether hosting the marathon discipline of the Olympics will be possible in a few years, between 2018 and 2099 to be specific. Some economic restrictions that they use to choose these cities, these are cities that have 2.5 million of people or more. The GDP is above $300 billion and the GDP growth is positive. Additionally, these cities are located uh, less than uh, 1,600 meters, and they have data about the climate, specific data that they need to perform these experiments. Then the authors also split their sample in three regions, Asia, North America, Latin America, Caribbean, and Africa, and Europe and Oceania. And at the end of the paper, to make it even a little bit more complex, they also use how these conditions would change and how these cities will be able to host the marathon event if they would apply some adaptation measures. Like, for example, doing it in October instead of August during the night, hosting it in multiple cities or all of these things together. So, Tadeo, this is a little bit an overview of what they do. I didn't go into too much detail, but now maybe you can explain a little bit more what they actually find. Carlos, really, thank you very much. You had a really hard task because the method is definitely complex. And I also have a very hard time here because the results are pretty extensive. So let's say we would need six episodes, one for each continent explaining because we could be telling number by number in every single condition that we explain. So I will try somehow to summarize this, the general results that they got. So essentially what they tried to get was how many cities could host an Olympic marathon now. And according to each of these conditions, the decrease or perhaps the increase of the number of the cities based on these changes in the climate change. So they had these three conditions in the first one that climate change impact under current socioeconomic conditions. So what they realize is that, well, under the very light climate change, most of the continents wouldn't suffer much. So we currently have 70 cities that could host an Olympic marathon, but Asia particularly would have the highest increase in number of cities that could host an Olympic marathon in the future. Under the second condition that the climate change, but considering the future 
socioeconomic conditions. So they use this SSP, as they say, and they consider in the different levels of wet bulb globe temperature. What they realize is that there is a global decrease. So considering that the socioeconomic conditions of the world may get worse, it means that for the marathon runners, for the organization of Olympic marathon would also go worse. And again, Asia would particularly suffer more than other continents. And in the third one, and I really want to emphasize this, that for me was a very interesting point that they did is that they not only consider some potential conditions of climate change, they also used a kind of adaptation measures. And using these adaptation measures, they were trying to predict ways to cope of these bad situations that the climate change may provide. So considering four types of adaptation measures, they realized that we could keep most of these cities that we currently have or that couldn't be able to host this. Do you want to say something, Carlos? This is a very interesting point. Actually, the authors do find that these adaptation measures might work. For example, hosting the Olympics in October would make a lot more cities available to host the event. But they also mentioned this very briefly, but now it comes the economic interest and the management problems. For example, with broadcasters, they hold the rights in North America, mainly in the US and Canada, and they are used to do this in August. So maybe they are not willing to do this in October. And I like this point that the authors make to link the adaptation measures and why they do this to the current economic problems of the Olympics. Yeah, this is very nice. I mean, this was one of the key points that they mentioned that if they change the time, the period of the Olympic marathon would be a way to have more cities having an Olympic marathon. At the same time, they say that they could, cities that previously host Olympic marathons or Olympic games in general, could benefit by the use of the installations and the conditions that they already had in the past, so they may have in the future as well, consider all these adaptations and the climate change they may suffer. So it means that, yeah, I mean, if the climate in the world may get worse, the Olympic organizers have to find ways in order to control for it, considering the time of the marathon as well. So hosting the marathon at night or early morning, morning. So shifting the time of the competition would also help. So just few things to mention at the end. They mentioned like kind of limitation that some Africans in Latin American cities, they didn't have enough data for analyzing these climate conditions. So perhaps there are more cities that may host Olympic Games in the future or better Olympic marathons in the future. So this research can be done in different sports and was a point that for me was particularly interesting that they say about the restricts factors, not only to athletes, that future research may focus on it too. I think it's super interesting what you just said. For me, I was really impressed by the authors because in their paper, they focus on the 21st century, on the timeframe from 2080 to 2099. And for me, that was already, okay, you know what? You have a complete paper and that is super nice. But then they include the same stuff for the decades from 2040 to 2059 in the supplementary material. So this is just, to me, really amazing. And this is also why I like to be in academia. So sometimes you read the paper and you only, let's say, read seven, eight pages, but there's so much more behind it. And here in the supplementary material, you can really see that. 
So I was amazed by the amount of work that the authors put in there. That's great. Cornell, Tadeo, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly piece of sports. Stay tuned.